Welcome to Fee Street TV episode number 13. This time around we spoke with Carib Kitchen. Now Carib Kitchen are a Litchfield based Caribbean street food business um, and, that, and we really spoke about um, their focus on authenticity and their, their real drive for efficiency and the balance between mass market models like Fee Street and authentic traders like Carib Kitchen and how the two can work together and the, the, the real balance between authenticity and, and volume. Uh, there's, there's bags and bags of, uh, of value in this episode for you guys so I really really hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much for listening. Afternoon gents, how you doing? Well not too bad, it's an amazing day, we're here at Fee Street, top tier business. Good, 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 glad everyone's happy to be here. So give me a little bit of an introduction to yourself and who are you, what do you do? Well, my name is Akeem Laws. Um, just moved to the UK about six years, oh, in two weeks, six years ago, right? Um, currently serving in the military as an aircraft engineer. And aside from that boring stuff, we are um, the head entrance at Carib Kitchen. You know what I mean? Carib Kitchen, the number one Caribbean food place in the UK. You know what I mean? So um, also to my right here is um, Don James. He can introduce himself as well. You know what I mean? He's actually the managing director at Carib Kitchen. It's really his brainchild per se. Transition from one company into another company. We used to be elite management food food group, and then we transition into something sexier, something more elegant. You know what I mean? Which is Carib Kitchen. But I'll leave Dan to introduce himself and maybe speak a bit more about Carib Kitchen. I think I don't need any more introduction. <laughs> that. I could run for presidents now. No, as as, as, as Akim said, it all born out of us getting an opportunity with Carib Kitchen um, in 2014. Birmingham. Food festival, and went there thanks to Rudy. I was to mention his name and calls in. I said, "There's a festival, need some help on there." Went there, and they said, "Okay." We said, "Okay, what opportunities there for us?" And I said, "You could do a vegan stall. We do dinner bunny clue." What we like? Yes, and then do the research after, okay. and we were able to get a, a bar as well. And we get the bar and did so. We're gonna do rampant and cocktail. Didn't have a clue. Didn't have a, nothing about insurance. Nothing like that. We just okay. This opportunity presents us, and we need to do it. Yeah, and then. Um, Jason, I mean, Jason, he gave us the opportunity, he, he ran Manga Lounge and he missed his own, like, Westminster F- F- Jerk Centre, yeah. and they allowed us to work on their brand, so that's where it all started, and Joan, and that was our first ever food festival in Birmingham, dealing with it, and we get the, um, Rare Navy Roman board through sponsorship, and we made an impact, and we said, wow, we like this, and Let's look into it now, what we need to do. So it was just an opportunity to present itself, and we jump on it and said, let's go with it. And that's how we started. Didn't have an experience like you. We started, in, as yeah. I said, in the market. It was just come as like, we love the idea of this. We did it. Hectic, because you know, especially your first one, when everyone started that first day, we're still carrying stuff to it. But tell you what, we learned. Yeah, yeah. And we just moved forward from then. That's cool. So, so did you guys all meet in the forces? Is that how you know each other? Some of us um, met in the forces, right? But some of us are family. So right. it's family, a lot of forces, friends, you know what I mean? It's just like Banda Brothers, really. So to, to really break it down, it's Banda Brothers. And we notice within the, the, the Caribbean community, per se, you'll find a lot of Caribbean food stalls and restaurants. And we, I don't want to say, we're more of the, we have more of the, the, the suave mentality. How can we make this? so great to compete with the, the top name food companies and all of that 
So even if you come to a food festival and you see your setup, you'll be like, whoa, these guys must have been doing this for 30 years, right? But the, the, the truth is, there's a lot of research going into how can we make this top tier? How can we represent the Caribbean at its highest form? You know what I mean? And that's really what happens where Carib Kitchen is concerned. But back to your question, yes, most of us met in the, in the forces. Well, I would say about 70% none of us met in the forces and the next 30% were family members. But we just say we're all family because we spend so much time together, really. And where's the connection with food? Is that something that you always did together? Is that like, was, was that like something that you always, uh, like when you were in the forces, was that something that you connected on? And like, how, how, did it, how did it all turn into food from that? So the, the crazy thing is, it's not because of the forces. The, if, if you're from the Caribbean, it's like, I can't speak for any other culture, but I can speak for, say, the Jamaican culture. Food is a meeting point. Right, food is a meeting point. So if I know Ryan is a great cook, hey, listen, Ryan, all the guys coming over, everyone take their own alcohol. We're taking Ray nephew, right, six to three percent overproof from the best from in the world, really, right. And everyone is meeting at Ryan's house for food. So everyone is growing a great affinity for food, and we we love to scrutinize, especially myself, right. If your food is horrible, it's just horrible. I'm sorry, <laughs> I will scrutinize. So you understand, it's, it's, a great, it's a great deal of love and um, perfection that goes into creating food in the Jamaican space. Hence why it takes so long to get ready. So it's not that we're just relaxing, chilling on the beach, drinking a beer, cooking the food. No, it's a perfection. The spices have to be blended correctly, right? All that pimento, all that all spice, everything has to blend correctly. So it's cultural to say where food is concerned. So because we all share that cultural background, when we come together, it, it only made sense for us to create a business. Interesting. And, and a little bit earlier, you said you mentioned about representing Caribbean cooking in its highest form. Yes. What, does, what does that mean to you? So the thing is, as I said, it's, it's cultural. So every, every, I, would, I, would, I would say maybe 80% of people from Jamaica can cook really well. So everyone can cook. What, what do you think that is? It's like, it's, it's a pride. It's, there's a certain pride that, the correlation with pride and food in Jamaica, it's inexplicable. You'd have to really go to Jamaica to understand it. Every corner you go to, you'll see a jerk pan, you see someone cooking soup, you see someone making sandwiches, something. They love food. And it's a boastful thing. Oh, someone in Jamaica, oh, that boy, they can't cook good. Sorry, that's just my Jamaican, right? <laughs> right, so it's really a boasting point. So when we say we want it at the highest form, we wanted to really and truly take it so seriously Another Caribbean um, company could be like, whoa, these guys are really taking it to the highest form, introducing food, authentic culture. So if you come to our, if you come to our food stall or you come to our takeaway, it's the same thing. The music, the vibes, the dancing, everything, that aura that surrounds Carib Kitchen is really and truly at its highest peak of Caribbean food. So when, when you were discussing this business, what were those points that you are, we've got to get this right, we've got to get this right, we've got to get this right. What were the most important bits and pieces so I'll say some, and then I'll let Dan say some as well, right? So when we're discussing, like, where business is concerned, the, the important bit is to remain authentic. That's, that's the number one selling point for us, right? So as I said, the food, like, say jerk chicken. We'll use jerk chicken for argument's sake. The season for jerk chicken is authentic, right? We, we went home. Yes, we all had our own ways. of Everyone has their different ways of cooking the same meal, but we went home to our grandmother and be like, okay, this is where, this is a trajectory, this is a path of the company, and we want the realest, the authentic, what can we add 
that other Caribbean restaurants aren't adding that will make it super authentic, right? And I'll just share a little secret for argument's sake. With charcoal, they're doing the grill, like you're jerking the chicken for argument's sake. In Jamaica, they'll use pimento wood, right? That might be way more expensive to purchase here. But just by adding even pimento to the charcoal, it gives that, it, it gives that same flavor. So it's the same charcoal, but the same like crushed allspice over the charcoal burned. So you could be up in heaven and you'll smell them and be like, Jesus, do you smell that? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's really like that. So, yeah, but I'll let Dan speak some more about um, when we're developing the brand and all of that. I think for us, um, I think for us um, is about how could we be different? We look at the product and when you go to, I remember a friend saying to us that Caribbean food at a festival is a simple put a jerk pan out and you do it. And we, we didn't want to be like that. <laughs> I was like, no, we want to have something that people remember us by. And I used to manage in Aldi before, and one of the things they drive is efficiency and reduce waiting time. They were big on that in Aldi, and that's one thing. That was, my, that was my first job at uni. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. So we're quite efficient, and I, I said, and I said to you guys, like, how can we be different? If you look at our menu, we have jerk chicken, but we do it differently. And then we look at the branding, the music, and the customer service. So it's two things that drive, and, and everyone says, why don't you smile in festival? Because, yeah, we have a queue. And once we have a queue, we have to reduce. I mentioned, Brian mentioned about queue timing. That's big for me, how to reduce it. And I said to them, for me, business is simple. Getting the customer through the door as quickly as possible, efficiently as possible, and with good customer service. Because most time people, if you have a bad product, people overlook it. I say, you know what? I like customer service. There. These guys are fabulous. If you make a mistake, if you're late, they don't mind the queuing time with us because they love us, love what we give. But if you have a good product and bad customer service, they will leave you just talking about your service. So even though we go to the festival with quiet eye in the business and everyone know, get that customer experience. I, that we value that. The interaction, the time with the customer, trying the product, and you don't really find that. And personal for me is just what don't I like? So when I go to a shop and you wait two minutes, three minutes before the staff even acknowledge your presence, but I don't like that. So I try to, you know, let's eradicate that in our business. The contact with the customer and also, you know, let them try to answer answer questions and be, and be friendly and polite. Let them feel welcome. So those are some of the things we, we strive to say, look, we need to take this out to the festival environment. We need to get it right. We need to get the efficiency right, reduce queue time. And if it's there and, you know... We're doing jerk chicken and it's slow. We're going to apologize to them. We offer them drinks. We do that. And people just see in festival, okay, just business. Okay, we need to make money. We want to try stuff. But we do this and it's efficient for us because the customer loves us. I remember in Leamington, we had a festival and a guy was trying to pay with a card and the machine wasn't working. I would say, just take it. And he was, what? I said, let's take the product. And he came back the next day to buy. And since then from Leamington, he always come and buy for us because he appreciate that gesture. From us, and, and it's sometimes, yes, it's there to make money, but you can't underestimate in festival um, the importance of good customer service. And I know it's not like a street shop they go every day because festival different customer good client, but the good season festival goes, Brian, we know this, is that they will come back to you. And that's the reason why we're at Leamington, people ask if we're celebrities. So why? Because people are just queuing up and coming to us, waiting for us. Next door to us, people are waiting for you. I say, we did it four years, and we build that relationship with them. They follow us around. And that's what the key thing in the business. Everyone know good customer service, efficiency and speed, and the branding out they always constantly watch. So that's what we strive when we're doing the business. So, so you you took 
processes and principles from Aldi and then applied them to, to your own business. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I remember we had this conversation. You told me we in, in Stafford. I was like, we just started constant learning. And I said, okay, we're working on a chicken per, like to do for a day and stuff. And it, and it couldn't tell me. And the person on jerk said, I want to know how many pieces of chicken can hold on the grill, how long it takes. And the negative is come around it, so they couldn't do it. So I said, okay, tell you what, tomorrow morning when you light up the pan, I'll come and put them on myself. And I went, counted, get the stuff, watch time. It just okay, I can work. The pan can hold 30 pieces of chicken, pieces of chicken. It take an hour to get them right. And I get that. And that's with me learning from Aldi, the efficiency in numbers, getting things done. And, and that's quite important. So I could work out then. So, okay, when people's like, get 50 boxes of chicken for a day. I said, look, we physically cannot jerk it with three pans or that we needed to start this time on the morning, like one o'clock in the morning to get it to finish. And that helps a lot. Or we turn over and we see a better rate in terms of, oh, even went to Stratford, it was for the first time, despite the rate, we gauge it so right with chicken because of the prediction. So numbers, from Ali, I learned the, the process of driven and numbers and stuff with it is quite important. And that's something I take with me with that experience. Interesting. Um, Were there any other processes from, from Aldi that you took? Was it just like numbers and and that 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 ruthless German efficiency that you get there? Yeah, it's a civilian, military efficiency. <laughs> it's just about with, with them. They they were like you you should know what uh, what a task takes. Because in Aldi, you know, if you're unpacking a pallet, it's stopwatch and they time you. You know what it is made of it. You know what the product costs and the costing as well. So I, I took everything from basically them where I learned from it and comparing working at other corporate company like Virgin and all that stuff. There's a lot of things I combined together. And as a community, I went and did my MBA and that drives in more in terms of the the financial side because that was my week here. So when I done my MBA, I learned a lot about financial side, costing as Ryan mentioned, and the marketing aspect. How can we market it? Because I keep me specialized in the marketing, but I was like, yeah, marketing is okay. But when I did my MBA, I learned how important marketing is because a lot of people think marketing is after that product bill and ready then say, okay let's look at how we're going to market it but for us the marketing start by the name of the product so when we start a business how oh, can we name this product it's a bit different and we name it differently and i remember when it started we just started i, I think we should change the name i said why because people asking us what it is i said yeah but you have the opportunity to engage with them and i said to them ain't it selling and i said yeah so why are we going to change it so that's why we, we whatever we do, we look at the marketing and concept of it first. What can we name it? How can we brand it? How can we sell it? And that's why it's quite important as well. So you so you named your your product intentionally a tiny bit vague so that you had an excuse for when people asked what it was where you could then build a relationship with them. Yes. That's fascinating. And all we need all all we just need Akim on the front and then he describe it. Because they come and people panic, oh they're asking question. I'm like, no, that's what it is. Because people at festival want to buy stuff what you're not going to festival to buy normal stuff that you used to you want to explore and the good festival goes and experience want to explore the food want to try a bit of that so we we, yeah, we definitely name it to engage them and then we can so that, yes yeah, so that flies in the face completely of a lot of ryan's principles so i remember one of your our earlier podcasts ryan was like i want people to look at this board and know exactly what it is so they don't have to think at all they know exactly what it is they know exactly what price it is whereas you've gone a completely different route 
and gone, you want people to think, you want to be intentionally a tiny bit vague so that they ask you what it is and then you've got an, an opportunity to then build a relationship with them really quickly. That, that's really interesting. But the truth is, maybe if Ryan had Akeem on the front selling, he wouldn't mind about <laughs> it. So everyone really ready to explain. He would explain and sell it for us. So job done there. But yeah, I, I get, and then I look at what the brands um, Ryan does is straightforward seeing it there. But with this Caribbean, a lot of people, even when we went to Stratford, where they want a Caribbean food, they know about jerk chicken. But for us, we have pulled jerk chicken. What's that? That's our concept. How do we develop it? What's in it? And then when you sell them it and stuff and explain, you engage them. So when you walk away, a lot of people come and say, you know what, mm-hmm. I'm going to have it. And, and Akeem is very good at it. Akeem will give it to him. I said, tell you what, if you don't like it, you don't have to pay for it. Yeah. And it's a simple deal, and believe me, you, don't you, you, you weren't in Stratford though, were you? Uh, James, you weren't in Stratford though, uh, that day, were you? Because I, I took a couple of quick photos, and yes. then I sent them to you, didn't I? But I didn't yeah. get any videos, I didn't get any of that side of it. So I think the difference with, with, with these guys, in compared to what, I, what I'm talking about with my business, is, you know, what we haven't discussed yet is, there was loads of them, right? They're all wearing brightly coloured flowered shirts, right? The music is cranked up, they're all singing. They're all dancing. There's three jerk pans. I thought there was a fire in Stratford when I first got in there. Because, <laughs> uh, I said, it's, it's on, I said one of the buildings on fire down there. And then the organiser said, no, but come have a look at these guys. And I went, okay. So we walked down. And that's literally how I got attention first. I saw the smoke bellowing off three. One jerk drum will smoke a street out, right, in here, which is why the food's so tasty, right? But they had three, right? So I was looking down the street and I could see it. And I said to him, you know, and I could smell it from there. And, uh, and uh, so actually, there's so much more for you to engage with, with these guys, than kind of like your standard store that says, you know, mac and cheese, and you need to know what it is, because outside of that, you've got no idea what this is. With these guys, there's so much more engage you, you know, and the queue proved that, because when I got there, they were packed. You know, and actually, that's what really drew me to send the pictures and send them to you and go, let's get these guys on. Because obviously, for us, what we've talked about is the way our business is moving and the way our contracts need support of traders. Because obviously, we can't fulfill all of the contracts in which we have. I don't want to fulfill them with non-authentic, you know, standard traders i want to i want to i want the wow factor and obviously what we produce is a fantastic service and a massive range of choice we make the the lives of organizers really simple but we do lack authenticity so by working with people like these guys you would automatically drive some fantastic authenticity and a whole load of new usp which i haven't seen any other caribbean traders doing yet i've never seen anyone doing what they do you know, with the whole package, you know, they're singing, they're dancing, they're smiling, they're laughing. You know, at one point, I think they had to tell the queue that it was a little wait. And like, no one cared. You know, <laughs> I, I've, some of my queues at times, would have, you'd, you'd have to hide the knives at that, at that point. You know, these, they, they didn't care because the guys yeah. were laughing and singing yeah. and joking and having fun and all the rest of it. Like, how can we have a go at these guys? They're just loving life, you know. And, um, and it, 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 the, the, you, you don't need the sign for that because yeah. there's so much that draws you to it. Straight yeah. away, I was drawn to it immediately. Yeah, it sounds like there's a you, you've built a bit of mystique around it all, and there's like people will see something like, "What's going on over there?" Yeah. And then they. I was just saying, as you mentioned about the Q Ryan, and literally we had um, seven Caribbean stars here, 
And is that how many were there? Yeah, seven, including oh. us. Wow. And okay. Yeah, and everyone yeah. was worried. And, and we had a queue <laughs> and we were saying, they were asking about stuff. I said, yeah, I said, that one down there, sell it. That one, I said, no, we want to buy it from you. Yeah. And they were waiting despite the seven queue. And, yeah. and then people asking us, hey, we need that spot next year. Because everyone <laughs> seems to think it's a spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. With it. But as you rightly say, is that we engage with them and they used to us from here. And, 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 and as like you say, a lot of people come to us and you want to be a part of it. And it's like, I'm going to pay. And it's like, no, everyone knows that about that. That's all why it's so important the friends and the family relationship. Because as you know, Ryan, festival is hard work. Yeah. It's trash for the first day. It yeah. rain constantly. <laughs> yeah. And we're still there up to age. People say, not going on. I said, no, we're here to serve a customer. And we enjoy it. So it's like a group of friends and family meeting up. We don't get much time, you know, busy work time. But when we meet there, it serves both purpose business and we meet up in the social aspect and it's good. The banter in there is crazy as well. People under pressure. And I once said to someone about the artist's job is the one jerking. Because the minute we run out of jerk, I slow down. Everyone is looking at it. Akeem is on the front screaming for his jerk chicken <laughs> while he's not coming out. Yeah. The queue is looking at the jerk, man. Yeah. And he's just head down because all the eyes are on him there. Why are you delaying chicken? But the people understand that and they will wait for it as well. And we entertain them during the car and the music will pop in and people will walk in by. And, and one of the festivals done in Leamington, which, you know, money cannot... Give it this up. One one lady, she brought her mom out. She was about 80. And she messaged us on Facebook and said, My mom had a fantastic time because she sat there. And now she come in the queue and said, Look, give her a table and a chair and said, Stay there whenever you need a signal over to us. And we barman will bring whatever you need to her. And she enjoyed herself. And she said, Look, she hasn't seen her mom that happy in a long while. And thanks, guys, for doing it. And you know what? You, you go there to make money, there's no doubt. But when you see messages like that, you know, it's fantastic coming out. That's amazing. So what, what's what's next for you guys? How, how do you feel you're going to grow the business and, and move forward? I'll let you speak to chief marketing guy here. <laughs> you know what? I wanted to add some before I answer that question. I yeah, wanted to add something to what Ryan said about um, seeing the, um, smelling the food and seeing the smoke and thought there was a fire on the street, right? I always say to the guys, no matter where they place us at a festival, people will follow the smoke, Right? Yes, I know my environmentalists will be after me now, right? But you have to understand, like, no matter where we are, we've been to festivals where they put us way around the back. Like, they take us off the, the, main, the main street and put us way around the back. But the moment them pans are lit, it's, it's game over, right? The music turns on, the pans are lit, we're in our own zone. So sometimes people think, sometimes people think, um, it's, is that, I don't know, it's, it's 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 a it's a weird phenomena, like oh the energy is odd. But I think there's no ego. So when you come here, you see us all singing yeah. and dancing yeah. and enjoying ourselves. Cause trust me, yeah. I'm on everyone inside that tent. I'm on everyone because we've got even the queue. I don't want anyone in the queue past 15 minutes, right? Yeah. And sometimes because we're in our own zone, people get carried away. You know what I mean? You're singing, you're dancing, everyone is drinking. So what, what, what stands out to a lot of people, they're like, aren't these guys at work? Why are they drinking on the job? Right? But we try to create that atmosphere where people feel so relaxed, they can be themselves, right? And customer get the best value, right? So by you being yourself, you chill out. Because sometimes customers can be very, you, you know what's that, right? People can be very bad, like the comments and stuff. But the vibes and the aura, we don't match their frequency. They just come right down to us and be like, you know what, we're sorry. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of them ones. So... It's amazing. So, as, so back to your question now about what's next for us. We've got, we've got a lot of things in the pipeline. 
like as in plans we we want to go so one of one of one of our end goals is to is, is to go into manufacturing because it seems because over all of the comments that we have we've received from like customers over the years is like why haven't you produced um the, the jerk pace why haven't you produced the rum punch so one of the and, and a lot of other things like authentic caribbean um um authentic caribbean seasonings and all of that because there's and what we've noticed in the market space as well there's no authentic caribbean company that is selling the seasonings for argument's sake right there are loads of companies because it's business you know what business is like it you don't have to be from the country to, to sell you know what i mean like fiji water i don't think it's a fijian owns fiji water you know what i mean because it's a business opportunity so i think that's one of the end games for us, right? But we've got so so much more planned. I'll give I'll give Dan over the mic. He loves the mic, Dan, don't he? So I'll, give, <laughs> I'll, I'll let Dan speak. I'll let Dan speak some more about that. I think, I think for for us now, um, now that we we're taking stuff on, because I said I listen to podcasts like Ryan, and my concern is just always how can we improve? How can we drive efficiency? How can we reduce the queuing time? And most time people say like, you don't need to buy this you don't need to get it i was like yeah but you need to improve it so for me i don't like to get buried down on the store when go to events because I, I like to stand back look at how we're performing what can we improve look at our store we're doing it so for me it's definitely engaging more f- events now that the team is ready now that people that want to do more events and even collaboration with feed street because first time as i said I met Ryan unofficially been here to do a gas save for the gas save man, Tony. And he spoke to me. I was like, when he saw it, I said, oh, you're, th- you're that person. And I said, yeah, I was wow by coming here to see the operation. And I went back. I said, look, I went to this place to get a gas safe done. And honestly, that aspire to work with someone like them. It, it would be awesome because we're passionate about it. So it's to do more events, cover that basis, as um, Akeem stated about we need to, you know, sell more for our product. Instead of, you know, you're buying stuff off a shelf as we listen to costing and podcasts and talk about markup, you can really produce some of stuff and you can better markup and when you get off the value of from the shop or the traders there in terms of the wholesale. So that we're looking at. So definitely get the build business up, more events next year because the guys, are they're crying out, they're screaming out for it. Yeah, we need more events. Get us on it. Get us on it as well. Uh, which means more a day for me just to get them together and doing it. But that's what we're looking at. How can we upscale a business? How can we get professional? How, how can we end up supporting like a business like yourself, Fleet Street, as a subbies contractor? When you can't do it, you can call on us reliability and we deliver as well. So that, that's what we're looking at to go next year. So this off season, we realized we didn't capitalize on it. But I personally wanted us to get the few what we're doing right. Pre COVID, we have a number, we had a pack calendar. And it went down. So this year we said, let's stick to the ones we know that are good and play it safe. And then we work from there. And so, yeah, come come next year, we're looking to just get in the business and, and be heavily active come calendar season. So, so talk to us a little bit more about the products that you're looking at developing. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to go into any detail, but maybe the, the angle that you might take on, on, on a certain certain market, for example. Okay, so we look at it and like a lot of customers come on. This is just feedback from the customer and the engagement. And why is exp- a, a, a customer we in customer and then came up to and said, "Love, do you guys sell the sauce? My daughter loves it." And we're like, "No, we gave them a pot anyway on the house because you know it's not about you know a daughter loving for us, a family thing, and the kids coming up and love the food. It's big for us. So it, it, we always engage with the kids because they're the future. So a lot of time we look at the customer base and say, "Okay, the now customer." 
our future customer by we engaging in those with the children as well, open them to trying the food and learn it. That's our future customer base. So that people come and say, okay, we're just looking at now, now, now. But you have to look at how do you engage with your future customer base? So it's not just about today customer, but the children are growing up. Do you get them to like it or you get them in street food? So they continue that generation trend that the parents might brought them out to a food festival, but they would take their kids out to food festivals as well because that's where they identified. So we heavily focus on that as well. So by doing this product, we get it into the homes. So it's not just food festivals in off season. Okay, we're there. We can capitalize on just selling the fresh food, but we we need to have the sauce, the jerk paste for what we use, and all those things. And rum punch, they can take it home. One of the things we derive from it as well, we sell rum punch. A lot of people say, oh yeah, we're, we're driving. Okay, you're driving. We'll keep on here driving. But how do we get you to involve in that product, get that product? Okay, we can bottle it and you take it home so you can have it later when you're in the house. So it's constantly we listen to the customer. Even though we're having a talk and a banter with them, it's not just all, oh, yeah, dismiss them and go next on to the next customer. But, but we take this feedback on and we listen and the guys in the tent would come and say, you know what, this customer say this, this people saying this, and it, it, it's quite important that we listen to them and that's what we're trying to develop. So it sounds like there's the, you're considering an educational sort of aspect in in educating the 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 younger generation yeah. on on how to on, on on your culture and and and, and the food and, and and how to how to go about enjoying it possibly and how to go about making it yourself. Is that am, am I along the right lines? It's, it's, it's just yeah, it's just to get it into people home because they like what they see. And how can you have carb kitchen into people home? You can either do it in two ways by marketing on your fridge magnet. Or you calling down those things, or you have the product on the shelf. So you want it to become the family value product and know that it started with carb kitchen, stay on your shelf. So you go to every kitchen and look, oh, there's a sauce, there's a seasoning, there's a pepper. And that's how we want to do it. And then what we specialize in is that we engage um, the kids um, and children when they come to the event. Um, I know there's quite a few of them, the guys who take them up in the stall, put their hat on them, get them to take that picture. You can't put a price on that. The first thing, and then they come back, and we have we have this lady. She follows around um, in Warwick here. I can't remember her name, but shout out to her if she's listening. But yes, yeah, she bring her children out, and the children look forward to having a meal from us, and 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 we value that, and we're gonna drink because that's our future customers as well. So when they retire from the scene, if they do retire. They, the children will come up and they bring their children. So that's one in business, most business space don't look at to say, oh, how do you look at your future customer base? It's just here and now we, we tend to focus on, but sometimes we need to t- focus on our future customer base with the children, especially like with the food you guys do, it's easy because they're used to it, but with the carbon food, if you don't serve it in the home, they're not used to it. So we have to get them to experiment with it when it comes. So we get them to try it, we taste it, we, we tailor it to them like with no sauce and yeah, we, we try and encourage them to be a part of it, to be honest with you. And that sounds like it comes down to the, the original principles that you were talking about around Caribbean food being a, like an event and a meeting place. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like it sounds like all of it comes full circle for you. Yeah, the customer experience. Because we just came, we get a feedback from, what's the name, um, Knights of the Round Table, and it was like, oh. thank you to everyone. and said, thanks to Caribbean Kitchen for the amazing food, moreover for the amazing entertainment, the dance, and that. And that's what we want to take, people take away from, from us being at the, festival is just even traders they will tell you a lot of time we go on different traders will be off or awkward with us and when they go there it's like they love us and we we, we share that experience w- with other traders as well so you make it a we make it more of an experience than an event so when you come across us want to say the shirts 
remember one time we went out the first couple after COVID without the shirt. We went with the polo t-shirt where we were in the shop. And Hakeem was like, no, we need to get back to our shirt. That's what people look for us, the shirts, the markers by the shirt, the branding. So we wanted to offer more of an experience. And how can you take back that experience to the households by the products as well? So it's there, you can get it. So when festival seasons, they come back to us. It's like, yes, yeah, there. So people like to, in marketing, like to have a story. So if you have a product and have a story developed on the festival and go into the house, people are like, yeah, this is where we meet this guy, this is where we buy it. And when they see it on the shelf in different places, they were like, yeah, I'm buying this because I know where it started from. And it's the reason why we need to capitalize on that in business. How can we grow the business outside of the festival? And that's what we're looking to do. That's, that's really interesting. So, so Ryan, how, how do you think that, so th- they're talking about how they're, they're their service is is and, and the whole product is is more of an experience than just food, just music, mm. just shirts. It's it's the whole experience. Yeah. Do you think it's possible for with your mass market model to bring in an element of that experience, or do you think that that has to be a, a singular trader uh, with like um with, with such a unique um, business model look and feel and experience? Do you think it's possible to bring that over to a mass market model, or do you think they're two separate products? Do you mean, when you say a mass market model, do you mean a mass market model based around their brand or somebody like us? I, I mean, like like you. Like okay. how, do, how do you compare? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But but I think it needs to come across as, as an independent feel. So, like, I, I, I'll be completely honest with you. I don't think there's any organiser out there that would probably turn around to me and say, we prefer you over independence. I don't think there's any organiser in the country that would say that. What they prefer with what, what I offer is the ease of what they get from the service we offer. They would much prefer to have independent traders like these guys on there. And actually, that doesn't go away. And so what happens is, for me, I think it works brilliantly, and it's exactly what I'm looking for, because I'm going out to these... Uh, at the minute, what you get is, you we're a very unique business. So, you know, we, we're delivering good quality food at scale, um, but we've lost the independent feel because people see... I mean, we, we are an independent company. We've talked about this before, but we're a larger independent company than your typical independent trader. So because of that, people seem to think we're the size of Amazon, which we're really not. <laughs> we, you know, we're, we're, this, we're a really tiny business, but but we are larger than your independent trader. That's obvious. And because of that, we lose that independent feel slightly, albeit we're actually made up of a group of independents that are working. Um, and, and and then we... we, we wouldn't thing we've never had is authenticity if you buy greek food from us or caribbean food from us it's not from the culture it's not produced by the cultures or for the people from those cultures so because of it it loses authenticity and obviously with these guys as well as authenticity they offer so much more and i the, the way our business model is going to be working in 2023 is that you get both from us so if you want that ease of contract and but you want some authenticity in there. You want some traders in there, like a rib kitchen. You want in that. Cool. I'll still handle all the nightmare for you, right? Yeah. Right. We'll just oh, co- yeah. you know. So we'll we'll come along because by that point, I'll already have all the guys' paperwork. You know, I already work with the guys on a regular basis. You know, we'll already be like a team. But we're a team where we're working together in collaboration. So for it, so so if, so you know, if they're carrying on and doing what they do already, but someone comes to me and says, "I've got a festival. Look, I want." All of these in there, but I also want a range of independents in there. And it needs to have authenticity. It needs to have all the elements that they currently can't offer. I can go to them and say, no problem at all. How, how, do you want any more authentic than these guys? 
right? You know, and hundred percent straight away. I mean, I I know for a fact with these guys, we, if I worked with these guys, I could put them around everywhere around the country because they they've got a USP. And actually, we've got a USP, and those who have a USP get the work. Those who don't have a USP don't, because they're like, oh, you know, I've seen that before. Uh, I put a post out, and I get three hundred people apply with exactly that same model that looks exactly the same mm. as that. You know, because because they do. Um, and what tends to happen is people, we all rob ideas off each other. Every single one of us will great, say that great we do artists that. steal. This is exactly anybody that says. I was the genius behind everything you see. It's just telling lies, right? What, right? My, I, my original, original idea to move into this, I nicked a load of ideas from the Europeans because they're just better at it than we are, you know. So, uh, and I came over, and everyone's gone, "Wow, that's a brilliant idea." I'm thinking, "Well, it's not really. It's not my idea. I just nicked it off some German guy in Berlin who basically was been doing it for the last twenty years." So you're talking about the big pans, the big pans, yeah. you know, and all that type of stuff. I was like, "Wow, how did you come up with that?" You know, and you can either go, "I'm just a." Genius, or you could just go. Well, I went to Berlin, saw an old guy who's been doing it for years, stole his idea, came back to the UK and did it here. You know, and that's what I've done. So everybody does that. But the problem is, they'll go. For example, I'm going to take you know this particular model, whatever that is, and then I'm going to make it look exactly like this because I've seen it there before. Okay, well, what are you different to that person? Why are you going to get that job over them? I don't know. Well, okay, but you've just entered a really saturated market with exactly the same as everybody else. And so the reason we obviously get the work we get is because of this, the service we offer, and we're a unique business. We've got a USP. These guys have got a complete USP. They've taken, you know, their culture, and they've taken their food, and they've made it really good. Okay, but I, I know a load of other Caribbean traders have got really good food. So they've gone one step further than that, and they've brought more to the table with that. And obviously then they're looking at adding the potential to be able to take food home with them and then maybe eventually get that into supermarkets and, you know, and, 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 and create. I mean, that's, that, you know, that's exactly, Dan said it is right. All the way through, I'm listening to him and my marketing section of my brain's going ping, ping, ping. You know, I'm thinking to myself, what you need is all this in the home. Like, that's what yeah. you need to pr pr promote it for. Um, because actually, people are moving in this direction. People are more food savvy now. You know, people years ago, I said in a podcast before, I started off doing hot dogs because no one, no one was dare eat anything different. You know, if you brought Caribbean food or, you know, Thai food or anything else like 17 years ago, people were like, I don't even know what that is. You know, I, I mean, quite recently, somebody, you know, I bought out a trader who was selling um, Persian food. And I changed his Persian food, which is basically chicken wraps with a sauce. And I changed it to Greek wraps, which is chicken with a different sauce. Uh, and it went from failing to absolutely flying because people didn't really know what Persian food was. But they yeah. were like, oh, chicken gyros with the fries. Yeah, oh, God, everyone loves that. And so, you know, just by back in those days, people didn't really understand what that was. And now, because of probably mostly street food, really hammering home, you know, like Dan said, people don't want to go to, you know, look, my burgers sell all the time because when you're in mass market, they just will. But yeah. there is a huge amount of people now that go, you know, uh, they go out. I mean, we, we put Greek food out there, right? Greek food, I said, that's never going to compete with burgers. It just won't. It did. It outsold my burgers for a, two summers flat because people were just a bit like, I'm more, you know, I understand culture more now. I want food. Yeah. I want flavours. And, you know, my children, if we go to France, they order fondue. Right, they want something French. They want Swiss. They like Swiss fondue. They like French fondue. They know the difference between the two, you know. And actually, people are becoming more food savvy, and because of that, 
the whole thing about sauces in the home and you know let's you know people used to go let's have a chinese night let's have a, you know let's have a let, let's have a mexican night shall we have an indian night tonight right well actually there's a lot of people now going let's not let's do something completely different you know we we did mexican burritos at home the other day you know we do fondue we do all these different these different nights with the kids and they love doing all that stuff you know and to do caribbean night with the culture behind it of what you know everyone comes together with food and it's you know it's a gathering and 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 the whole thing about that you know people who understand that and the marketing to drive that people will buy it and they'll like it and actually funnily enough um when i first started and i started selling these hot dogs because i bought an award-winning sausage right now don't be wrong this isn't my own product i didn't make it at that time you know we make all the meats here now but i didn't do that at the time so i went to a local award winner and it was a farm and you know free-range pigs and all this top stuff people were going to me where did you get them sausages from I want to buy them. So I ended up adding another marquee on the side of it with a serve over fridge. And I put all the sausages in there and just had someone serving from there. A little bit like what you were saying. So I could actually see the guys when they're starting to get this out, starting to launch their products out, having all the hot food there and the the jerk drums. And then this end, almost like a little deli on the end of it. You know, where uh, people are like saying, yeah, you want, you, did you like that? Yeah, well, this is a jar of it here. You can buy it, take it home. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we did that stuff. And if I'm honest, the only reason why I ended up dropping that side of it is because it wasn't my product. So I wasn't trying to really take it further. Yeah. And the little markets that we were on at the time, we had a lot of regular customers. As we kind of expanded, it became a bit complex with the serve over fridge and other things. So I ended up dropping it. But I think if it had been my own product, that would have been just part of our business model. So I could see that coming for those guys. So, you know, for me, it fits perfectly in with our model, but not marketed as Fee Street, marketed as this is one of our independent trader partners that we bring in if you want all the things that I can't offer. Yeah, it's, it sounds like you're looking at a hybrid between efficiency and ha- and having and having like 25 different street food brands that we can put in a food court and, and, and make everything really easy for, for, for organisers. But also, let's throw in some some really authentic um, independent traders in there as well so you get the best of both worlds. Yeah, and these guys are ideal because obviously some of those independent traders, it's difficult. I want to take them and I want to say, these are perfect for me because their food quality is great, but I know they can't do the volume. You know, the first thing I noticed when I walked up to these guys, they're working under nine metres, right, including their jerk area. They're working under nine metres. And how many of you guys were in there? Seven, eight. eight. There's eight of them working yeah. in there, right? Well, so Give me a bit of context. What's, what would, how many would you have in that kind of area? Well, so, I mean, for a start, I would have put three brands in that nine-metre area. So they were, you know, so they've got one big area. They've got three jerk drums. They're all full of product in there, all being cooked, all all getting... And I was monitoring the queues going down, and the queues were going down, you know. And I think even while I was there, they even said just be a slight delay on one particular product or something. Didn't quite hear it, but you were announcing something to the crowd, uh, which is why I said, because it's done in such a kind of fun way, they almost felt like they weren't allowed to complain, otherwise they looked like... (laughs) they, yeah, they, they. Looked like the arsehole of the queue, so you know it was like ki- killing them with kindness yeah, as well. You know that kind of that kind of scenario, but it was still it was going down quick. You know, so it's difficult for me because there's loads of fantastic traders out there. But I, I, when I go to these shows, what we don't want to do is sometimes we're working these shows with an organiser on a percentage deal. They want you to deliver really good numbers so yeah. that they're earning more money out of it. And, and you know, I've done these deals where I'm a subcontractor and I've done these with, with bigger companies of mine and we've made fantastic money doing that. So it's a really good model because it gives you the ability to get into bigger shows if you haven't really been able to get into them. Um, and... 
and, and but you can't really bring a trader in to do that and go, well, they're authentic, but they're going to do hardly any sales because they're just not going to cope. You still need traders who are going to be able to cope with a reasonable volume. Um, bring the authenticity, bring the quality, you know, and all those things. And they're not that easy to find, to be honest with you. I mean, so when we go into 2023, we're obviously all our website redone to, to include now our independent partners. There won't be hundreds of traders on there. There'll be a handful of traders, one from each of the culture foods that we're looking for, that I know can deliver really well. So it'll be kind of selecting the best of the best from the country. And what are the key things that you're looking for? The key things I'm looking for is authenticity, quality, you know, speed of service, um, great customer service, and basically all the key fundamentals really that are going to represent because when we go into this, it will be a fee street contract. So they won't really care if I'm using other traders. They're just going to me. We want you to do it because we want it to be easy life, but we want we want um, authenticity. We want you know, a range of different foods. We want you to deliver fantastic figures. We don't want you to create us any problems. And um, we need professionalism and customers to go away going, that was amazing. And so obviously anyone you bring in, just is the same as if you're a building contractor or anybody else, if they come in and lay an absolutely awful patio under your name, you ain't getting that contract again. So you've got to have the reliability that these traders are all of those things, but also go, yeah, but we're going to knock it out of the park for you every single time. And, you know, it's it, so to tick every single one of those boxes, not that easy to get. So when we do have our portfolio of traders, one of the biggest things that we'll be marketing together is we've selected the best of the best from around the country and we've not been in a rush to do this. So if you come to us and you get our traders, you get the best of the best. And that's the only way, really, that we're willing to do it. That's perfect. I think that's a really good place to end it as well, guys. Where can where, for everyone listening, where can people find you if they want to follow you, follow you online, and then maybe grab some of your products when they're ready? Okay, so we have a website which is www.caribkitchen.co.uk. Can, can you spell that out for us? So it's Caribbean K, which is A R I B, and Kitchen K I T C H E N, and we're on Instagram at Carib Kitchen and on Facebook at Carib Kitchen as well. So made it quite simple as well. So yeah, so you can follow us on there. Um, on Instagram mostly and then the Facebook page is quite active as well so they are linked in with the new Facebook control metadata but yeah Perfect. we're there and stuff with it and you can follow us we have all our festival dates on site as well and we interact with the f- Instagram goes that's great any parting messages for anyone that's listening yeah um, I know a lot of people try to say how do we get in festival I, I said the main thing is that is you have to think about enjoying it it's not just go there to make money it's just the people we meet there is fantastic and like me and Ryan I mean we met his um your dad the night before and we we're just there ready to set up and even though we we're running late we had five minutes chat and a banter there and, and it, the people you meet and take away from from the organizers the traders it is a family atmosphere when you get to do it over and over again and looking forward because even after COVID there was a couple of ladies you know, we met them before and we were just excited to see them and just ran over and give them a hug because, you know, after that time, there's a lot of traders, people didn't come back on the scene. So it's like a family environment, even though you're competing and it's fun, try and enjoy. It's hard work. It's not as easy, but it's, it's hard work, but try and enjoy it. Especially doing all that dancing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing to make it even harder. <laughs> Dance the whole day. <laughs> but you know what, lads? It's absolutely fantastic. You know, shout out to anybody who hasn't seen these guys. Follow them on on, uh, on all their socials and get out to a show and see them because, you know, I'm very experienced in this industry and uh, I've not seen anything like them. 
one last thing I'd like to say, just to add to what Dan said earlier about people that want to get into the, the the street food business. It's not easy work, but if you have fun, it looks easy. So that's it from us from Carib Kitchen. You know what I mean? We're stars are born. Try us, you love us. That's what it is, really. Perfect. Thank you very much, lads. Thank you for your time. Cheers, lads. And thank you.